forgot to mention, I forgot to announce something, of all things. Um, last year, uh, we had several of the men go to a men's conference put on by uh, Shallow Baptist Church. Um, it is on again, October 13th and 14th. So I'll put this on the bulletin board back there for information and who to get in contact with. So, and it, it was sitting right back here, and I still forgot to do it. So uh, we're going to get back to our study of Ecclesiastes this morning. If you want to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 10, we're right at the end of the chapter. And, uh, and Solomon is, is once again bringing up fools in government. Now, he's talked about it before, and, and, and it's something that we're kind of familiar with. But, uh, but he's going to talk about it again, and he's going to come at it from a little different viewpoint this morning. So he, we're going to talk about fools in government, fools in, as leaders this morning. And, uh, and as, he, uh, as he talks about that, we're going to see, we're going to be able to, uh, to, to once again see Solomon writes this almost, uh, close to 3,000 years ago, and yet we can see in today's news what Solomon's talking about this morning once again. Now, I, uh, I have worked for both federal government and local government, and I can tell you that it's fools. <laughs> uh, I, as a matter of fact, I used to have a sign over my desk that said the fundamental rule of government operation is this. If it's not broke, it can be fixed until it is. Because that's how government works. If it's not broke, it can be fixed until it is. And, and, uh, and so, as you look back, if you read the, the writings of the founding fathers of our country, just, just narrowing it down to America, if you look at the, the, founding, the writers of the founding fathers, what they never saw coming was the career politician. They never saw somebody that, that was, that they understood government service to be sort of like what we do with the military. It's a, it's a limited time engagement. You go, you serve your time, you go home. You go back to life. You go back to, to whatever life you had before the military. And that's how they saw government service. They never saw the career politician. We have people now that have been in, in, in government for 30, 40, 50 years. They made a career out of government. They don't have any idea what it's like to live outside of government anymore. And that's part of the problem with our society. We have this idea of a ruling class, almost, of these career politicians. Well, Solomon's actually going to discuss that this morning. So let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 10, starting at verse 16. And it is up here behind me. Woe to you, land, when your king is a youth and your princes feast in the morning. Blessed are you, land, when your king is a son of nobles and your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. Because of laziness, the roof caves in, and because of negligent hands, the house leaks. A feast is prepared for laughter. Wine makes life happy, and money is the answer for everything. Do not curse the king even in your thoughts, and do not curse a rich person even in your bedroom. For a bird of the sky may carry the message, and a winged creature may report the matter. So he begins by talking about the king, and I'm going to emphasize 
small k king. <coughs> and we remember that he's talking about under the sun. He's talking about on earth. He's talking about the, 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 the rulers that we have here apart from God. Remember, everything uh, Ecclesiastes gives us this picture of life apart from God. And so he gives us this, this small k king, and it says, he says that it's, it, 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 there's woe to the land when the king is a youth. Now, we need to understand that that word for youth is really more the word for immature. It's not really young. As a matter of fact, Solomon himself was young when he, when he took over uh, as king. And, he, and in 1 Kings 3, he begs God for, for wisdom to know how to rule the people because he's young. This word is more the, the immature, those who, who, who haven't learned the lessons of life. And we know from our own experience, you don't have to be young to be a fool. You can be old and be a fool. It's entirely possible. We would like to think that wisdom comes with age. It should, but it only does if we apply it. it only, wisdom only comes if we learn the lessons of life and apply them to our lives. Then wisdom comes with age. But it's not an automatic. You can be old and be a fool. We, we know this from our own experience. So Solomon warns us against this kind of fool. He's not so much talking about young or old. He's talking about the immature one, the one that will not learn the lessons of life, the one that will not learn and, and have wisdom, the one that will not seek wisdom. He warns us against this kind of fool. And he even talks about them feasting in the morning. Now, this is the idea. We've all kind of seen on TV or whatever these feasts that happen in a king's palace. To do them in the morning is just wretched excess. It's just hubris. It's the kind of pride that looks down on people. It's the kind of thing that that says, I'm better than everybody because I can feast in the morning. The feasts are about great food and great wine. And, and, and a great time. And this king that he's talking about is doing this in the morning, not at its proper time. So it's just this, uh, again, this idea of I'm in power for what I can get out of it is what he's describing. Then he talks about the sons of nobles. And he says this this son of noble is better because he feasts at the right time. He's, this is the one who has standards. This is the one whose family, because he grew up in a noble family, he has, the, he has learned the lessons and has the standards and knows when things are supposed to happen. And, and so he's not, he's not showing that he's in power just for what he can get out of it. That's what he's talking about when he talks about the sons of nobles. So we have this, this uh, already setting up. We have this, this uh, king, this ruler, this leader that is all about what he can get out of it. And we have the one who is for the people, who has standards, who has uh, experience, who has wisdom. That We're kind of starting to see that set up. And then he addresses the lazy. Now, Um, This is good personal advice, but we still have to put it back in its context and understand he's talking about rulers and and leaders. And culturally, there's a, a historically, I guess, 
there's something we have to, to understand. Roofs in Palestine at this time were flat, and they were lined with lime. And so rain would hit, and if, you, if the homeowner didn't do something with that water, it would sit up there, cause cracks in the lime, and cause leaks. Or worse, sit up there until the weight destroyed the entire roof. So, but, but this isn't advice for homeowners. That's not, that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about rulers and leaders. And so he's saying that, that the lazy leader leads a nation to crumble. The lazy leader leads a nation to collapse, to leak. It's good personal advice. It's, it's always good to, to consider am I, uh, uh, being lazy versus working hard. But in leadership, we need leaders that work hard. We don't need lazy ones that cause leaks and cause collapse. And then in, in verse 19, it's really interesting. Uh, let me read it to you again. A feast is pre- prepared for laughter and wine makes life happy and money is the answer for everything. I think what Solomon's doing is he's taking the voice of this foolish leader, this immature leader that, won't, that, that has no wisdom, won't learn, won't learn the lessons of life. I think he's taking that, the voice of this because he's talking about uh, all of these things that, that this ruler would do. Money fixes everything. Well, that's, that sounds really actually very familiar, doesn't it? Because that's exactly how our government works today. It's in fact how our society works, isn't it? Money fixes everything. We think this. We are told this again and again and again. Money fixes everything. You know how many times God addresses money and riches in Scripture? Over 2,000 times. There's more than 147 just in the New Testament when he talks about money and riches. Why does God have so much to say about money and about riches? Because it's the easiest thing for us to idolize. It, it can become an idol in our lives easily. It becomes something we worship, something we desire, something we sacrifice for. Money can be an idol. And so when, when Solomon says money fixes everything, again, I think he's taking that sarcastic tone and saying, what a stupid thing to say. Yet that's exactly what our society is, is telling us. God continually tells us about money because it's a problem for us. Now, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Money is absolutely nothing but something we trade. That's all it's good for, is trading. We trade it for the things we want. We trade our time for money, and we trade our money for stuff we want and stuff we need. That's all it is. That is all it is. And we get to set the value on money. You can pick up a $20 bill, and it says $20 on it. But I get to decide whether that's $20 worth of gas in my car or $20 towards the electric bill or $20 in food, or $20 in candy bars and snacks. I decide the value of that $20 bill. I decide what I value to buy with it. So money is nothing but a, uh, something to trade with, and it's something we decide the value of. So money doesn't fix 
everything. And again, I think Solomon is, is talking to us in the, in the voice of this immature, foolish leader. These are the reasons for the fall of a nation, is immature leaders, foolish leaders, leaders that will not learn, have no wisdom, and think money fixes everything, that are lazy and won't, won't do the work. These are the reasons that, that Solomon lays out for us in these verses for a nation to crumble. Now, I'm going to mention again, Solomon writes this about 3,000 years ago. So it's not a new thing for us. <laughs> it's not something that was invented by, by our modern time. Solomon said this problem existed 3,000 years ago. It has existed all along. Because we as mankind, we haven't changed much. We haven't changed much at all. We are still the selfish beings we have always been. And so, we have these kinds of leaders. The problem, as I've said before, the problem isn't government itself. It's people in it. The people in it aren't any better than you and I. We have problems. They have problems. They, we have a sin problem. They have a sin problem. It's, that's the reason government is the way it is. And then Solomon talks about a little bird. Have you ever said or heard a little bird told me? It's amazing how many of these little idioms come from Scripture, isn't it? Because that's what Solomon's talking about. He's talking about this little bird will carry your voice. That even though the, the, the ruler is immature and in it for his own uh, good and, and selfish and lazy, don't talk about him because a little bird will take the... The, the message to the king. It's, it's, uh, I, I saw this two ways, actually. The first one is, of course, a little bird told me. We get this idea from Scripture. A little bird told me this or that. And, and it's, it's kind of gossip, but it's kind of not, isn't it? It's, it's just kind of this message. And then the second thing I thought was, wow, Solomon thought the government was looking at him. Solomon thought the government was spying on him. Does that sound familiar? This is long before NSA or cell phones or anything else. This is 3,000 years ago. And Solomon is saying the government might be listening. Kind of funny, I thought. Yet, it's, it's all based in the fact that we do not trust a government that is immature and lazy and thinks money fixes everything. We, we see all of this, these things that make a nation crumble, and we don't trust it. And so when we don't trust it, we think it's listening to us. We think it's spying on us, like the little birds. Someone wrote this 3,000 years ago, and yet he has the same problems we have today. Kind of amazing, isn't it? You would think that all of this was invented by our, our current generation. You would think that this is just a cultural thing that just started here. But Solomon is talking about all of these problems 3,000 years ago. But there's, there's some comfort in all of this, and, and that, that comfort is simple. We know who the king really is. 
We don't, we don't follow a president. We follow the king of kings. We don't follow a ruler. We follow the Lord of lords. We know who the king is. We can look at this temporary government and, and think it's a mess. It's, it's a wreck. It's corrupt. It's all of the things that we know it is because our souls are that way until we come to Christ. And, and our sin nature is that way until we come to Christ. So, so we understand as Christians who the king is. We know the king. We understand that we are sojourners here. That we're citizens of heaven. That we're here as, as ambassadors for Christ. We understand that this isn't, this isn't where we belong. Now that doesn't mean that we can escape any political activity. I think it's important for us to pray and vote. And I think it's incumbent upon us to pray and vote for leaders that are Christians, that hold the values we hold. But understand, government has never been any different than it is now. If 3,000 years ago it was it was corrupt and only out for its own good and thought money changed it fixed everything and had all of these problems it still will today it still will we pray we vote and we remember who the king is the real king who's your king who's your king I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and just answer that question. Because apart from all the political junk that's, that's on every TV station, every radio station, who's your king? Who's your king? Can you say that my king is Jesus? Because if, if you cannot say that, it can be, he can become your king today. It's a simple prayer. You just follow along in your own words and say, God, I know I have sin in my life. As I read all of this selfishness and all of these things, I understand I have all of that. But I trust that Jesus came and died in my place on that cross. He died for my sin. He died to pay my price. And so I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to come into my life and be my king. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor. Let them know. Maybe this morning you know the king, but you've allowed the news and the, and, and the radio and just all of the, the stuff to let you think that this world is all, that is all that there is. You're a citizen of heaven. Your king is the king of kings and the lord of lords. Will you take this moment to refocus, to remember who the king is?
Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you, Father, that, uh, that we can literally see today everything that Solomon is talking about so many years ago. So we can see how you are king, how we need you and you alone as king. Keep us mindful that you're the king, that we're citizens of heaven, that we're ambassadors here from your kingdom, ambassadors for Christ here. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.